Hello again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris. And we're going to start our uh, show a little bit differently today by talking about some of the big news stories, which we had joked, I think, in our last episode that usually the day after we record a podcast <laughs> is when something, some big news drops. But in this this case, it's actually a couple days beforehand. So we've got yeah. three big bigger type topics to talk about and we'll start with the biggest one probably of all which is the announcement of paul mccartney's newest archive release here for flaming pie and i'll throw it over to you chris to give us all the info yeah yeah dave i've uh just a spoiler alert for our upcoming uh review whenever this comes out i've always loved flaming pie i always think thought it was really fantastic uh, got some couple duds on there, but <laughs> pretty much, pretty much a good uh, set. So I'm I'm excited to get this uh, extra bonus material. Do you want to start with the biggest oh, one first? Or the biggest this? one is crazy. The biggest yeah. one, and this is uh, you can check it out on paulmccartney.com. You can pre-order it on paulmccartney.com. Right. Yep. The uh, biggest thing is six hundred dollars, Dave. This is called the Collector's Edition, okay? And it has strictly limited to 3,000 numbered copies issued in a cloth-wrapped two-piece collector's box. will feature everything in the Deluxe Edition, which I'll, I'll, I'll detail the Deluxe Edition because that's probably what people are most interested in. Uh, but it also has four LPs. And a marbled art print portfolio of six six silk screened Linda McCartney art prints. Um, the one of the LPs is this Ballad of the Skeletons. That's the uh, collaboration with Allen Ginsberg and Philip uh, Glass and Philip and Lenny Kay. Yes, uh, for the first time on vinyl cut in 45 rpm with vinyl etching and poster so is that worth the extra couple hundred bucks <laughs> to get that and the and the to have both lp and cd versions of everything uh that's i'll leave that for you to decide uh but here's the deluxe edition and the deluxe edition not not that cheap no really. no uh it's listing here for let's see here $249, which is kind of maybe the most expensive of the these uh, archive release deluxe editions, Yeah, would you say? I, I think so, because one I was thinking of that compare, is comparable was the Red Rose Speedway. That uh, one was like, uh, I want to say like 350 or 400 maybe. So, yeah. Wow. So this one's got, this is the deluxe now, got five CDs and two DVDs, uh, the 128-page book, recipes. Re that's what I, th I like, the recipes. <laughs> <laughs> New interviews with uh, Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, Jeff Lynn. Uh, so, you know, you got to get that Steve Miller, uh, it used to be bad, uh, yeah. <laughs> conversation going uh, you get the remastered album, that's CD1. Okay, CD2 is the home recordings. So we'll get home recordings of pretty much 11 of the 14 tracks. Uh, CD3 is in the studio, so you get some acoustics, some rough mixes, and uh, one, uh, have it on a Sunday, Rude Cassette, whatever Ooh. that means. I guess Rude Studios, Paul's studio, and then a cassette version of it. <laughs> 
And Exciting. then DD4 is Flaming Pies, which uh, has Ballad of Skeletons, has Broomstick, a couple things like that. And then six parts. Oh. Ubu Jubu. Woo! Ubu! Jubu! And then CD5, Flaming Pie at the Mill. No track listing for Flaming Pie at the Mill, but I assume that's a live performance. Uh, and then you get two D- DVDs. Uh, DVD one, In the World Tonight, is what it's called. And then DVD two, bonus film, and it has a lot of videos, including the uh, already released uh, videos that you can watch on YouTube for Young Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, some EPKs, three three <laughs> different EPKs. So you got to you got to dig through all those. Oh, can't wait! I hope I get to see the same thing over and over again. Yeah, and then of course you get your da- downloadable uh, HD audio. So that's your collector's edition. That's the one that, you know, uh, uh, I already somebody already on our Facebook page said they they've already put in their pre-order for it. So, yeah. uh, and I I wouldn't blame them. They, you know, it's uh, pretty exciting. Now there's a deluxe edition. Uh, oh yeah, the collector's edition is pretty much that, but it adds all that other stuff we talked about. There's also the LP. Uh, there's three LPs out. It's going to be a two-disc LP with the album. Um, and I believe this is the first time that this is half-speed mastering on these. Oh, LP, okay. Uh, recordings. I, I It was unclear if the regular LP releases are going to be half-speed mastered or if that's just the ones that come in the Super hmm. Deluxe Collector's box or not. Okay, but uh, I'm hoping it's the f- former, not the latter. Uh, but it also, they're going to release a, a third LP, which is the home recordings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the bonus stuff that's in the bonus tracks, basically the ubu jubus and the rough mixes and stuff like that, that's not going to be on LP. Is what it looks like to me. Uh, you also get a two di- two CD. Uh, but the two CD seems to have all the home recordings and the uh, some of the rough mixes and stuff like that. So it's mm. a, a mix, a mishmash. Uh, yeah. And then, that, like I said, that three LP set, the three LP uh, set is sixty bucks. So not okay. not too bad. No. If you're forgetting a third thing with all the home recordings. So. Wow. So yeah, so what what's a lot to take in there? It but, is. You know, what's your what's your uh, reaction to the mm. announcement? Well, I like you. I like Flaming Pie. I've uh, always enjoyed the album. I think there's some great songs on it. It sort of reminds me of of Linda's passing. It's kind of that, like an autumnal type of album. So there are a lot of good tracks. Uh, again, for the, I just wonder with these different configurations. They're very complicated and uh, and I, I have a feeling a lot of people will just do what you and I have done with almost all the other releases, just listen to them as streaming on our services. And so I really wonder, I mean, obviously they've determined there's a market for these deluxe packages. And just like you and I have talked about, we'd love to have one once just to try one and see what they're like. But, but I just, I don't know. I just don't see the purpose. I mean, I'm excited about the music. That's all I'm really interested in is the music part. And that's what's exciting, and that's why I can just stream it. Uh, yeah. But but all the other stuff, I don't know. Just yeah. I've just found each and every one of them, and this is absolutely no exception, to be 
overpriced. Yeah, very. Uh, I bought very. The, I bought the uh, David Bowie conversation piece. That's five CDs and a nice big giant book with a lot of great pictures yeah. and a lot of information and track by track information and all that. And I paid under seventy bucks for that. Wow! Wow! <laughs> I mean, the original price I think was eighty nine, but it, the price went down a little bit. Um, seems like that's the exact same thing you're getting here with a couple silly, you know, like a a, a guitar pick and a yeah you know, poster recipes and... you're never yeah. gonna cook <laughs> uh, for uh, a lot more money. So yeah. it's a little bit frustrating. The six hundred dollar uh, thing. Reminding me, of course, of the uh, tra- what was that? The Traveler's Edition? Yes, the, the Egypt Station. Ultimate Ultimate right. Traveler. Yeah, the <laughs> Explorer's Edition. Explorer, I yeah, one, one of those. Uh, that had the um, a whole suitcase yes. and all that kind of uh, all that kind of stuff. You know, people buy these things. Yeah, they're, we are, are they're collectors out there. We get it. Yeah. Yep. 3,000 of them in, in yeah. circulation. And, and uh, once they're gone, then the pri- you know the oh. eBay price will shoot through the roof. Yeah. But uh, it's a little frustrating because you feel like, as a fan, you'd like to hear uh, some of these uh, weirder yeah. <laughs> tracks. You know, I'd like to dig into Broomstick or to uh, <laughs> Come On Down, Come On Baby or something. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, might not get the chance to. Well, I guess a lot of that's going to be on the two discs. So. It would be, but they're definitely um, not for the for the average fan. I would say. I mean, they're really for the high end, either collectors or people who have a lot of disposable income, uh, especially in these days, which I find it hard to believe, uh, given yeah. what we're going through in the world. But you know. But one last thing to uh, say. Uh, didn't mention this release date. Oh yes, July thirty first. Yeah, it was pushed back a week. I think it was uh, from the original of July twenty fourth. So we get an extra week, as some people said, to save more of your money to uh, yeah. pay for that set. <laughs> so that's right. My birthday is the twenty third. So oh well, there July, you go. So there you go. Perhaps you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> perhaps I'll hint out there that uh, maybe that uh, maybe that deluxe set might be coming my way. Who it knows? Would. I would love to, yeah, I like, I, I'd love to try, you know, I've even looked back to find some of the older sets to see if you could buy them now, and they're, like you said, they're either through the roof, like they're now scarce, or yeah. just, yeah, it's almost out of reach, so uh, it's disappointing. You can find some of them. You know, here's a trick, uh, and this is a trick for everybody, I, I just want to put this out there. If you're looking for an old, like... Remember uh, a few years ago, uh, Led Zeppelin released their stuff, and then yeah. they released the vinyl version, and and it would be the deluxe that would have the second disc that had all the all this extra bonus stuff mm-hmm. on it, and then they quickly like would sell out. You can find some of those things at Barnes and Noble. Really, Barnes and Noble. I bought the Tug of War, uh, which also had an extra single that came with it and i bought it at barnes and noble just because nobody buys vinyl at barnes you know they don't go to barnes and noble to go to their vinyl shop but they have tons of vinyl there so wow just a little tip if you're ever looking look online at barnes and noble and it might just be like hey they still got copies of whatever you're looking for yeah good idea a lot of the paul to to the deluxe edition pauls are, are on vinyl 
available there. So oh, very cool. Little, little tip. Yeah. Little, well, that's good so. to know. I mean, I, as it goes without saying that that uh, Chris and I will be reviewing the music within the set uh, after July 31st. So look for that sometime in August for us to go through the Flaming Pie uh, reissue and dig into all those extra tracks. Yeah. And then one, this is a side note. Now the Paul McCartney, McCartney, half-speed vinyl release that was scheduled for the original Record Store Day, which uh, has come and gone, and they pushed it uh, back twice, uh, is now scheduled for August 29th. Oh, So it should be released on August 29th on that Record Store Day. So if you're available for that, guess what, Dave? I'm getting... Married that very day. Oh so. my god! <laughs> I'm not going to be able. To You're not going to be at the record, record store. store today, I don't think. <laughs> no. So. Oh, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a shame, but uh, a happy shame. A happy yes yes. <laughs> so um, wow. Okay. So so that's so that's that good news. Dave. Yes. Now for some bad news, this yeah. comes from the uh, from Variety dot com, uh, and the the headline here is crushing news for Beatle fans. Peter Jackson's documentary, The Beatles Get Back, which was initially set for September 4th of this year, will now go close to a year later on August 27th, 2021. The move was announced by Disney, the film's distributor, on Friday, June 12th. So it was supposed to be out this September, which we all, I think, we, we talked that we were kind of you know, we weren't sure that was going to happen. Uh, but now it's going to be over almost a year later, uh, to August 27th, 2021. So what are your thoughts on pushing it back so far? Well, I think the ma- major question, well, I, I, probably a good move mm-hmm. for as far as Disney wanting to sell tickets goes, obviously yeah. disappointing, but what hasn't been disappointing <laughs> this year is entirely disappointing. <laughs> uh, but the 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 bigger question is: Will that also delay a potential Let It Be box set? Mm. Are they going to be tied together or not? Right. So now it's two different companies. You know, Disney doesn't own the music rights to Beatles music, so I'm not sure they will be tied together. So who knows? Uh, there's a little article of that on the uh, – I often uh, post things from Super Deluxe Edition, which is nerds of uh, <laughs> music uh, collectors. Uh, is an essential uh, website, uh, which I highly recommend. Uh, but they, they think maybe it won't have any impact on the Let It Be box set. We might still get a Let It Be box set towards hmm. the end of the year. So we'll see. The big thing that people are – disappointed about is is that it's not going to come out on any anniversary and that it's we've been kind of expecting everything else had been coming out on an anniversary and it won't but i think these are unusual times and it's not unexpected that it would be this way i wonder actually if you know with the uh pandemic if that's slowed down production if the people haven't been able to do all of the production work in the studios and you know, I just wonder if that slowed things down as well. So it's probably a bunch of factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll 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 find out soon enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we're gonna get a box set, let it be box set or not. Um, yeah. That would be kind of weird too to have that delayed. Um, That's true. I'm not sure why they would need to delay the music 
to right. you know unless they think like oh well the movie's gonna drive the sales of the box set yeah but that's which, not gonna happen i i, no. I don't, there was no movie for the last three Mm-mm. so that's true so, <laughs> good point so i don't i don't I don't think. If anything, uh, people might buy the box set, love it so much that then they're just chomping at the bit to go see the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Um, third piece of news, and this is no surprise: uh, Festival of Beatles fans, Chicago Fest, originally scheduled for August seventh and 9th, canceled and has gone virtual. So they'll have another <laughs> virtual thing. Um, so check that out if you feel like on in August um, to replace the actual attendance of yeah. going to the Beatles Fest. Uh, you know, it's a it's a bummer, but what what can you do? What can you do? Yeah, kind of. Uh, we at least get a little good news here with the Paul set, something to look forward to, and uh, yep. and then the other things will happen when they happen. So shall we segue into our main topic here? Which oh yeah, is... Dave, this is this was such a great idea. Such, <laughs> such, such a fantastic. You know, idea. I, this, the, there's an idea sometimes that I have when I, in my own professional work, I try to pick a piece that I don't like or something that has a terrible reputation and then analyze it. Like for example, at the Beatles conference on Abbey Road, I purposely picked Maxwell's Silver Hammer as a song because yeah. I've never liked it. And I thought, well, sometimes it's good to pick something you don't like and try to dig in and see if you find something out about it. So that's kind of how this thing started. But it, it also, I think it just has such a, a reputation and a lore in Paul McCartney's career that we just couldn't let it go unexposed and unexplored. Did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that is uh, give Paul McCartney's 1984 movie Give my regards to Broad Street. And that's right. We're putting them in the movies again. <laughs> yes, that's right. Our, it's our, time our. to put them in the movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, give my regards to Broad Street. Very, very difficult to find. Yes. Uh, after seeing it, if anyone can see it uh, out there, I think you can probably see it in parts on YouTube. Which I did. Yes, it's in seven parts. It's 15 minute chunks uh, so it is yeah you can see it that way not streaming anywhere dave no uh after seeing it <laughs> i can understand why there's yeah. been no rush to get this <laughs> nobody's been clamoring Mm-mm. to get this movie out there <sighs> i want to read uh, just to start here from uh, rogerebert.com uh, the roger ebert review of, of january 1st 1984 and I'm going to read in the, his, the first sentence of his second paragraph. Give my regards to Broad Street is about as close as you can get to a non-movie. <laughs> and the parts that do try something are the worst. Ouch. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. One of the great Beatle books is Eight Arms to Hold You. And they quote from the same uh, Roger Ebert's uh, words here. It's described as, quote, a dumb, stupid, idiotic story. McCartney might as well not even bothered. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's uh, it's been described as Macca's folly. Yeah. Uh, it's been described as an exercise in pure ego. Uh, it's been described as, in a word, awful. Yeah. Uh, 
21 percent uh on rotten tomatoes what uh, percent that's the 21 percent <laughs> positive reviews audience score which usually is even though the worst movies is usually over 50 percent is 26 percent that's so really audiences bad. don't like it either yeah article on <laughs> ultimate classic rock just i'm just gonna read the uh title of the article how gave my re- give my regards to broad street stalled paul mccartney's career um, and I think it did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it did. Very unpopular movie. I, I one last thing. One last thing from the Roger Ebert review, um, which we'll get into. We'll get into specifics of the movie. We'll, we'll talk through it, and it's going to be fun to talk about. Yes, guys. Uh, the movie develops an inadvertent running gag in the person of Barbara Bach, Ringo's <laughs> wife, who is given fourth highest billing but does nothing except nod her head in time to the music and play a non-speaking guest at a dinner party at which McCartney never arrives. <laughs> McCartney should have skipped the movie, too. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah, it's... If you remember, we did a whole episode on 1984, and this was the the big thing of Paul's, and we... At the time, we didn't really talk much about the music except saying it was not good and not well received and now that i don't i don't think that's actually changed much uh that's probably still our reception of it but uh it, it was interesting to actually look through and see all of the scenes and kind of see how it holds together and especially all the the musical aspects of it because yeah. I, I don't know about you but i will say there are some good musicals like some good tunes here definitely yeah. uh but then also the tune some... selection's a little weird yeah, that's the thing then the yeah the actual choices and some of the remakes is sort of a, a big why and you know, that that thing that we'll get into in specific scenes but i describe it as very british too extremely british it was filmed in Elstree Studios in London and on location in various places around uh-huh. london including paul's uh, MPL boardroom. It was recorded. Some of the, all those boardroom <laughs> scenes were in his yeah, own okay. office building. Uh, yeah. You, well, that's what you, you, as independent filmmaker, you, 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 what, what do I have access to? That's I mean, right. You, you just film there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it took a while to record. It was a, or to film November, 1982, all the way to June 84. So over two, uh, almost two years, full, almost full two years to film this, which is even more amazing. And uh, yeah. I don't even know where to begin with. Like, how do we even well, talk about this thing? <laughs> well, here's a couple things. Uh, one, I just want to mention, I've never seen this film before. I've seen uh, little bits and pieces. When we talked about Not Such a Bad Boy, I looked at that video and I was like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the warehouse. Uh-huh. The I want to talk just generally about the mu- the music choice. Uh he decides, you know what? I'm going to re-record some old Beatles classics. This apparently made Ringo be like, mm, no, I'm not going to participate in any of those. Mm-hmm. So in the movie, <laughs> early on, <laughs> there's a Ringo can't find his brushes. He, uh, uh, he grabs some uh, sticks and then Paul's like, no, no brushes. And then they just start the recording of this and it's a recording too yeah start the recording of the song without ringo being ready which would (laughs) never ever happen in real life but this was apparently just because ringo was like i'll 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 do your movie 
but I'm not going to <laughs> play on any of the Beatles songs. So that's that's one thing. Uh, so it picks some Beatles classics. Okay, I, I'll get you know. There's Eleanor Rigby. There's Yesterday. There's a few songs like that. But then the choice to do very recent remake, very very recently released, and not very popular song like so bad. What was that all about? Why why not ch- select some earlier like you know uh, a band on the run or something yeah. like that? You know uh, that was a weird choice. And then of course it's mixed with some new, some new songs, which are probably the best and most yes. energetic things in the in the whole film. So what do you think just about the music uh, in the movie? Strange. I guess they're, they're supposed to be tied into the plot, which might be this might be a good place to kind of talk about well th- rice thin as rice plot uh, is the description <laughs> i have here <laughs> uh because so so paul is paul and he's a rock singer and yeah. and so basically the whole premise of the movie is that one of his handlers or one of his kind of side or workers takes the finished tapes of their new album and absconds with them. And then, yeah, they get lost and he's missing. Yes. And the and guy's so they missing. Gotta find him. They got to find the tapes, but the energy of the entire thing is so absolutely listless. <laughs> like to, to have like missing valuable things. Oh, and they're like, Oh, these tapes are so valuable. I'm like, there's no way that the tapes a finished tapes. A that there would be not a second copy of it. Right, right. B that there would be finished tapes <laughs> that would be so valuable <laughs> that then you would give to your most untrustworthy brand new employee. Just got out of jail. A history of criminal of yeah. uh, activity. <laughs> that, just absolutely absurd. But even more absurd than that is the entire goddamn movie, Dave. Yeah. Is just a dream. Yes, the whole thing. The is a, scene yep. takes place. He's in his limo, being driven around, and he's like in the back, just sort of like looking at charts, writing some songs <laughs> or whatever, just stupid enough on his own, on its own. And then he sort of like drifts off, and then all of a sudden he's driving a car, yes. so comically, hilariously fast. Yeah. <laughs> Um, driving like his car around, quick, quick filming, like like zooming around, like you're in a video game or something. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, other than the fast driving at the very beginning, the energy of everything <laughs> is so listless, <laughs> drawn out. There's a, a meandering uh, boardroom thing, okay, where we've we, we're ex- uh, uh, they explain. That okay, well, there's a, there's a, there's a problem here with the, if if these tapes are missing, uh, then somehow this criminal mastermind who his 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 uh, uh, manager for some reason got into business with, <laughs> which isn't explained. Why did you get into no. business with this guy? No. So the whole hiring practices and. All of that is just absolutely insane. There's no way. I mean, 
the, the only logic I could come up with is like maybe he was just trying to make uh, this guy like uh, Alan Klein. That's what I was thinking, like because he looks <laughs> kind of uh, you know he's got sunglasses and he's real kind of sleazy and uh, yeah, so maybe it was like an Alan Klein. <laughs> so, but there's a sleazy yeah, it's like a yeah. sleazy guy. And by the way, none of the characters in this movie have any personality whatsoever. <laughs> They're just sort of like uh there, you know, and and it's just insane. It's 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 really crazy. So two uh, things then to that end. So yeah. I remember when we've talked about Beatle movies in the past, you I think particularly noted that Paul is the by far the weakest acting Beatle. And yes. that is borne out in spades in this movie. He is is atrocious. Uh, is like the way he delivers lines, uh, the way he his timing. It's it's just like laughably awful. Well, when I saw that Ringo was in it, and then you know Ringo's there at the beginning, and he's sort of like cranky. Yeah. The whole movie is very cranky. <laughs> he is. <laughs> um, and then he meets a reporter who uh-huh. is Barbara ba- Barbara Bach. And so I'm like, oh, this will be a nice little B storyline of Ringo oh, yeah. meeting this girl, romancing this girl, trying to get this girl. No, no. <laughs> it's like he's he makes a pass at her, which, by the way, very inappropriate. She's a reporter um, <laughs> uh, at this day. And then all of a sudden she's just like with him. Yeah. It's like she's up. I'm just going to hang out with Ringo the whole time. And doesn't say like like the Ebert thing said, doesn't say anything. In no, the movie. it's no crazy. So you've got so that whole side. So Paul's a, t- a poor actor, and then the others have such bad parts that it, yeah. it doesn't help at all. And then there's also a, I didn't really understand the purpose of Tracy Ullman being in this movie either, who's oh, yeah. the punk Trace- girl with the like purple hair or something or reddish hair. What is well, it's super confusing? Let's yeah. let's 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 okay. say something before we get to the Tracy Ullman. So it starts. They they go to the board reading and yes. they they go and he's got oh he's driving his car and he's got his schedule the oh. schedule is absolutely <laughs> insane which is uh, like he's got a recording session a a film film session uh, where they film two things <laughs> and then uh, and then a practice in a barn and that's all apparently before five o'clock. <laughs> And you should you mention know. that it's being—it's uh, it, told by a robotic computer voice in oh. his car, and Paul has. A, it was pretty pretty uh, futuristic in 1984. He had a phone in his car, and he, as a good driver would, he pulls over to the side of the road and talks. Oh yeah, yeah. He makes his That's call. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But he's got this computer voice. Uh, is you yeah. Know. It's like he had Alexa before. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? So, <laughs> right. So, right. Uh, well, anyway, so he goes. To, he goes to the meeting board meeting. They find out about the missing tapes and they're like where's where's the guy with the missing tapes oh they're so valuable everything instead of dropping everything <laughs> they immediately are like well gotta get to that get recording to session where I re- re-record a couple old songs <laughs> and then wonderlust okay so there's that and which is an endless medley yeah they call it a medley but it's Full versions of all three songs. Very long and, and completely drawn out. Drawn very out. long. N- yeah. Not bad though. Good performance. You know, inter- the uh, I, I I turned to Hillary at some point. And I was like, "Thank God for the musical performances." Oh yeah, uh, because otherwise, <laughs> oh, it's, it's really so atrocious. Critical. Yeah. So so okay, done with the done with that. Uh, off we go to explain this to me, Dave. Full 
filming of ballroom dancing, an endless ballroom dancing sequence with full with dancers with a hundred something extras (laughs) dancing around. They get into a a, a seemingly to the crowd a fight that like is real. It's like West Side Story. Yeah, because yeah. the people's reactions to it is like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. There's like a dance fight going on. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just, and then they are performing it too. Instead of any in any world, they would be there'd be a track playing. Any video you've ever seen, there's a track playing in the background. Yeah, and the and the people are like mouthing the words to it. Not this. No. This no. they're like per- full out performing. <laughs> Linda's got crazy makeup on. Uh, 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 Paul looks uh, like a fifties uh, beatnik like a kind of a fifties rockabilly guy. Yeah. On base is John Paul Jones for yeah, some reason. That's so, random. Uh, very crazy random stuff. And then they, they're like they do the whole sequence and they're like, Alright, that's lunch. <laughs> So they do they do that. So you think like, okay, we'll come back. We'll see them kind of walking through the ballroom dancing again. This is where Tracy Ullman comes in. So Tracy Ullman is in a full, what I just assumed at first to be a costume mm. because they're in a, in they're in some big studio, movie studio, yeah, to to record these uh, uh, things. What is this project for, too, by the way, Dave? <laughs> Not explained. A movie, a Not movie explained. that they're filming within the movie? Not explained. No, no. Or is it it's just videos? I don't understand what the hell is going on. <laughs> Nobody does. Um, and, of course, people, everybody's wearing costumes in the, in the lunch room. Yes. Oh, that was Paul a really McCart- bad Paul scene. Paul McCartney, yeah. by the way, is not going to go to the cafeteria. No. He's sitting there eating his soup or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so he's just eating. With Ringo and, and Barbara Bach and Linda, they're all there. Yeah, they're all there. And not not in makeup no, now. No, no. They've, they've, they've had time to get out of their makeup, change, shower off, <laughs> have their lunch. Tracy Ullman comes in, I think in costume, or initially, but really what it is is this is how she looks. Yes. She's a, she's a street person, and she's the... The girlfriend of the missing guy. That's what's going on with mm-hmm. Tracy Ullman. But she never comes into play. No. Like, they never, if, if, why have her in the movie? If she, there's no she, part. <laughs> if she had, like, information, like, oh, you know where he went was here, and then they go off to that place, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Nope. That, you're, you're too happen. logical. No, you're <laughs> too logical. Pointless. So, okay, so now we, okay, lunch is done. <laughs> So you're thinking like, okay, we're going to go back to ballroom dancing, finish off, get the extra angles we need. No, apparently one run through of (laughs) uh, uh, the most complex thing I've ever seen. Elaborate. And they knocked it out before lunch, too. Very impressive filmmaking. Instead, Paul, everybody, get your your cat makeup on. (laughs) Because we're going to, you know what we're going to do is we're going to do Cats. Paul McCartney's Cats. Uh, To the tune of Silly Love Song. Which if you've seen this, the video is widely uh, available. Uh, If you watch anything from this, please watch the Silly Love Songs 
uh, thing. Can I quote from Eight Arms to Hold You on this one? Yes, please. The low point in the film is this, equaled by its musical companion. So the film, the film, the video and the song is terrible. This execrable rendition of silly love songs. <laughs> the, fa- the fact that the members of Toto, Steve Lukather, who we've talked a lot about with Ringo, and the late Jeff Porcaro on drums are the primary musicians partially helps to explain the soulless, mechanical nature of the backing track. However, in the end, Paul is the only one to blame for utilizing this, quote, made-for-breakdancing version. Because there is a, very much of its time, there's a breakdancer who all of a sudden appears out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere and having nothing to do no, with their silly love song. robotic, <laughs> strange cat leg. <laughs> Linda, at one point, looks absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Like... Mm-hmm. With how she's looking around, sort of, you know. <laughs> so it's so it's so bizarre. And you notice that uh, Ringo sat that one out too. Yeah, he did sit. <laughs> the ballroom dancing one, he did that one. Yeah, uh, because he could just like dress all fifties and look like a classic old old school Ringo, but mm-hmm. uh, didn't want to get into the cat costume. For no, some no. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, they punch the clock out. It's 3 p.m. Oh, and Paul's like, oh, I got to shower up. I got to change. Wait for me. And then they get in the van. They got to, oh, they got to burn rubber, though. Yes. Because they got, they got, they got this guy driving the van. Now, unexplained who this guy is, by the way. <laughs> I guess it's just a, a roadie. Roadie. Oh, and Tracy Ullman and her boyfriend. Yeah. And. This guy driving the van, and then the big giant guy that we'll see here in a, in a, in a minute or two. Oh, that guy, yeah. Are just all like the it seemingly <laughs> stri- people who are just commoners <laughs> from, like, we're to believe that he and these commoners are all just pals. Yes, yes. You know, he's a, he's a man of the, Paul's a man of the people. He's right. hanging out with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> so and- this guy's driving a van for no good reason gets into a car wreck yeah yeah <laughs> which they just are like well we got into a car wreck they pop out and just then walk uh, uh paul's reaction to this is like well you buy, better drive uh tracy Ullman's character home mm-hmm. <laughs> so that guy drives her home then drives all the way back and then there's a button on the scene a little bit later where the big giant guy that's his that's his car wouldn't if they actually got into a car wreck, Paul have been like, oh, we better report this. Yeah, yeah. I'll pay for it. Yep. Don't worry, guys. But instead, his poor little road, roadie uh, guy gets uh, comically going to get beaten up by the big giant guy. It's <laughs> it is so idiotic. It, and then we, you mentioned those characters, and there are also these two I kind of kind of uh, the reminiscent of in a hard day's night. Norman Shake, the kind of the two, you know, one guy is kind of like the sort of straight arrow who knows the business guy. He's got the guy with the glasses, and then the other guy is sort of like the bumbling guy who's always kind of a step behind everybody else, and he gets locked out at one point, and uh, it's it just no development whatsoever, no personality. It's just yeah. <sighs> Well, what do you think yeah. of the big guy? 
He turns out to be well, a, a real good friend of Paul's, apparently. Well, the big the big guy was kind of the at least a visually interesting. That's true. And in, in the upcoming throwback scenes, which we'll get into that whole sequence. Oh, so my. Oh. He's like uh, visually like sort of like, oh, okay. Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, so they get they go to practice here. They're practicing. You'd think Paul McCartney would have a practice space yeah. that Ringo wouldn't have to complain about it being so uh, freezing. In. He was, yeah, real cold in there. <laughs> yeah, Ringo's complaining, ah, I don't want to play. And then uh, Paul's like, uh, oh, we're going to play uh, Not Such a Bad Boy. And Ringo's like, do we have to? And Paul's like, yeah, don't start with me, Ringo. And then they <laughs> and then they play not such a bad one. Just a practice, just a rehearsal, but somehow they've got specials. Yes. And somehow Linda's like dressed or uh, a <laughs> great look for Linda, by the way. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Ter- yeah, terrific. And that's uh, that's one of the highlights. So that's a that band has Ringo, Paul, Linda, and then Chris Spedding, who's a, a great session guitar player, and Eric Stewart uh, is on there as well, who sings some background vocals. So that was a precursor of working with him on Press to Play. But uh, he's in there too. So it's a pretty good band. I mean, that, and Not Such a Bad Boy, I think you and I would say, is one of the highlight songs. And it's a shame that oh, sure. song doesn't have a lot more notoriety because it's a great tune. Yeah, and you don't see it anywhere else. No. And he, he's never played a live no. and stuff, so it's pretty pretty. Uh, if you're watching this, uh, that's that's gonna be your highlight. Yes, probably. the next couple songs, next scenes are the ones to watch. Yeah, and then and then so bad is played after that, which uh, you know had not been had not had a huge reception the prior year before. So I'm not sure why he chose to do that one. Yeah, but. A, a little thing with so bad starts, and then somebody comes in and is like, "Oh, what are we playing? What are we playing?" Oh, there's so much of this movie is like, "Up, oh, gotta keep on schedule." <laughs> like we're starting now. I don't care if you're not ready, Ringo. Ringo. I don't care if you're this guy with the saxophone. It's like you're not. You don't even know what we're playing. No. <laughs> like, what rehearsal is this? <laughs> what ha- when does this ever happen in real life? <laughs> <laughs> but remember it's a dream uh that's true yeah, this, this yeah. entire thing is a dream. things a dream so it's a wor- worthless waste of time yeah uh, uh <laughs> and, oh, oh and we'll get to the the fact that there's dreams within the dream yes of so course of course always a highlight so then the third song starts here they do three songs here we and uh, we need three songs here in the no. warehouse yeah uh but the third song started and i wasn't sure if i'd ever heard it before which is how forgettable no value is. What do you think of no value? <laughs> it's pretty rocking. Uh, at least has some, compared to a lot of the other listless songs in here. At least has some energy to it. It's kind of it's pretty pump and rock. Uh, a little yeah. bit generic, but it's at least got some energy. So I like that. You don't think it has no value at all? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's it's all right. It's, yeah, it's fine. Decent. Uh, and then I was like, who's this giant walking in? Is this Peter Grant from Led Zeppelin? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, here's, if you've ever seen Song Remains the Same, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you'll get a, you get a nice bit of Peter Grant cussing out uh, the uh, owner of the venue for for sell it, for allowing uh, uh, bootleg T-shirts to be sold. <laughs> uh, a classic uh, scene in a, in a uh, Led Zeppelin movie. Uh, but uh, it seems like Paul is, is uh, personal friends with him and... Yeah. and 
you know, there it's it, once again, it got, it's like, OK, well, we got to bring it back to these missing tapes. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of like, um, hey, uh, the tapes are missing. Have you seen him? <laughs> nope, I haven't seen him. OK, well, then why do we see the scene? <laughs> That's not how you make a movie. You make a movie. Uh, so there's a, 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 a famous uh, script analysis book called Backwards and Forwards. And it, and it talks about Hamlet as an, as examples throughout the, the script analysis book. And what it says is the way you want to construct a film or, or any story is that uh, because this thing happens, then this other thing happens. And oh, without yeah. this thing happening, Cause it, and it effect. would be impossible for yeah. the next thing to happen. None of that is taken <laughs> into account here. It's just a bunch of nonsense. And oh, we uh, we haven't even mentioned that. Not only do we have another Beatle, Ringo, in there, and then their wives, but George Martin has uh, some camera time throughout this as well in the studio. And, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, well, in the early studio uh, yep. tracks when they're filming the medley. Of course, George Martin's there, and and so that's kind of nice to see a little George. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's he's not part of the plot. No, there's no, there's not no... used at all. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you'd think, man, they've had a busy day. Yeah. They've they've r- recorded a medley, then they went, they filmed in full costume, <laughs> two things, and then they came to their barn. To rehearse three songs, that should be it for that's the a, day. That's a full day's work. No. 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 There's an interview in two songs at a radio station. <laughs> that's right. That's right. The most completely worthless interview you'll ever hear. <laughs> and the, and the, the, the I'm, I'm pretty much quoting here. The interviewer is like, uh, so um, you're recording your new record. Uh, how do you feel about it, Paul? And then Paul's like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Like, what kind of interview is this? Terrible. (laughs) Um, And so for the third time now, we'll start a song. And it's for no one. And the horn player... Was not even ready to go yet. He's wearing his full helmet. Yeah. He's like <laughs> from his know, motorcycle. Like starting up. He's like, oh, get out of my jacket. <laughs> they start. <laughs> he doesn't even have his horn put together yet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, guys, can we hold off for 30 seconds so the horn player can get ready? No, nope. <laughs> got to keep on schedule. Um, so they do for no one. What do you think of this version of for no one? Well, I'll yeah. say because this is uh, so. I, yeah. So these are all very different arrangements. Uh, they're, I would say, very classical sounding. All of the different arrangements that they did for this with George Martin, like the for no one. Uh, Eleanor Rigby we'll get to in a second uh, the earlier ones yesterday they have strings they have brass uh, Wanderlust has a very nice brass section so I, I do like the uh, like I like the music I just don't see any point to it I think that's more the thing it just I, I don't understand why but I, I like the arrangements I think they're pretty nice I, I love the horn player sounds good so <laughs> yeah 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 but, but why honestly yeah. When four no one was playing is probably the most enjoyment I had in, yeah. in, in this film. Yeah. Um, and then Eleanor Rigby starts. Oh boy, this is something. And so we think we're just going to get another st- in the studio Eleanor Rigby, but no, Dave. Nope. Because Paul goes into now. Remember, mind you, he's already dreaming. Yes, this is only already a dream. 
So if you have a dream within a dream, it turns into a, such an intense, majestic fantasy. Uh, this is, what would you call this sequence that he goes into? It's like uh, set in the Victorian ages. Yes. Uh, everyone in full concept. I would call it nonsense. <laughs> and or No, here's what I call it. I would call it senseless and nonsensibility. I like that. <laughs> I like that. There's wow. a canoe. They all they all come up on the the side of the uh, uh, stream, and everyone's relaxed and having a nice time. And it's oh, it's Ringo, then, Ringo, Barbara, Paul, and Linda. That's right. Yeah. But then, oh no, there's some danger lurking. There's some people coming, uh, and it's that it's that uh, creepy uh, guy that. Uh, the Alan Klein guy, kind of Alan Klein guy that somebody got into a business with. Oh, and there's the guy with the tapes. <laughs> Why is the tapes part of this fantasy? <laughs> and the tapes are glowing this magical yes, it's like sort of really like orb. Yeah, <laughs> very bizarre. So the guy with the tapes is there, and he's got the tapes, and then they're trying to escape from him. So Linda, <laughs> Linda, Ringo, and Barbara get into a canoe. And oh my God, Dave! They all die in a terrible yes. They forgot Paul accident. Yeah. They all die, like go off of a waterfall. It's it's, it's so morbid and very. Well, the uh, the the description here. Uh, other exterior scenes. So Eleanor's dream sequence was shot in West Wycombe Park. Uh, uh-huh. And it said this sequence, which reduced most audience members to tears of unintended laughter, <laughs> was based on Edouard Manet's painting "Le Déjeuner sur l'herbe." Okay, so it's based on a painting. There yeah. you go. And then the graveyard scene was filmed in Stoke Newington's Abney Park Cemetery. I, I've only described about uh, one third yes. of the sequence. Yeah, it's so uh, long. Uh, it, while this is happening. Particularly while they go off the cliff, <laughs> Hillary turns to me and she's like, "What is this?" <laughs> she what was watching, watching it too, <laughs> and she's been watching from the beginning. And I'm like, "I don't have any answers for this." No, no. Uh, so uh, okay, so then they they uh, 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 he walks around for a little bit. He sees he sees the ghost of Linda now on a horse, and <sighs> very beautiful Linda. That by the yep. way, yeah. Uh, look, looks fantastic. Uh, and then he sees the ghost, uh, or he sees the big guy, the big <laughs> giant guy. And now all of a sudden, instead of just being in a in a dream sequence, he's like in the streets of the, the dirtiest streets of London town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> like the oh, and that sequence is in the snow where it's like he's seeing all these ghosts of the people who just died in this terrible waterfall accident. Uh, but now it's the rough and tumble streets of London. Uh, where there's a dogs and uh, there's a dog <laughs> snarly fight dogs. Yeah. Would you expect a dog fight to happen in this movie? No, but no. there is one. <laughs> um, and then the guy with the tapes gets mur- gets stabbed on yeah. the streets of London town. And instead of just dying where he's at, he stumbles his way several blocks so that he can get his way up these steps where of course Paul's just randomly and just kind of standing there hanging out yeah and all the everybody else in this sequence is standing there just to watch this guy die hmm. uh and then he wakes up from the daydream <laughs> and then all the musicians 
that were playing Eleanor Rigby are gone. <laughs> the whole studio cleared out. <laughs> Even though we've been, oh, we got to keep on scheduling all this stuff. And he's just sitting there like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Explain uh, uh, so. any of that to me, Dave. Anyway. No, I can't. Yeah. I cannot yeah. at all. And so then, <laughs> then are we on to the long and winding road uh, next up with the this dreadful arrangement, this lounge lizardy kind of light jazz? Oh yeah, yeah. So nighttime has fallen, Dave. Remember, the tapes are still missing. Yep. Oh, they set it's... up early in the movie. Oh, we have to have those tapes by midnight. Midnight. Why? Because right. <laughs> they're due by midnight the next. Otherwise, it's the next day and. Something will happen. I don't know. Yeah. All of uh, apparently, if they don't have the tapes by midnight, somehow, all of the company reverts to this the creepy Alan guy. Yeah, creepy guy. <laughs> I, it makes no sense at all. No, why there would be a contract written up that that has any of that. Too logical, but, Chris. Too logical. But you would think, like, okay, well, I've woken up from my daydream from my meandering Eleanor Rigby daydream, I'll hop in the car and then you'll see that kind of urgency speed that we saw at the beginning of me driving the car, trying to desperately find these tapes. Instead, it's a long and winding meandering road. Leisurely. Sexiest version of long and winding road you've (laughs) ever heard, Dave, right? Yes, when you've got Dick Morrissey on the sax. Yeah, and we're getting little vignettes of what everybody else is doing at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Linda, Ringo, and Barbara Bach are, are just having some wine and just relaxing. <laughs> um, the girl, his girl, the girlfriend of the missing guy. This guy's been missing for like twenty four hours. Yeah, by the way. yeah. Tracy Ullman just character. looking at his picture and real sad and everything. Yeah. Why is not everybody out on the streets <laughs> looking for the for tapes. These tapes urgently? <laughs> like, oh my God, where did he go? Yeah. Uh, uh, let's 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 just let's just try bars. Let's see, check a hospital. Yeah. Let's no, no because time work. time moves differently in a dream. It's all a dream <laughs> sequence. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to his Paul goes to his favorite bar, where he knows this guy hangs out all the time. They've mm-hmm. been there before. There's a little scene of them when he hired earlier in the film. Yeah. I forget where it is. It's fairly but early. There's the scene of him hiring the guy, and the mm-hmm. guy is like. The guy who's got the missing tapes. I don't remember the name of the guy. No. Uh, they mention it several times, but it's very forgettable. Do, I want to uh, say, do you do you like Paul's outfit throughout almost this whole? Like every time he's not in an actual scene, like when he's got this sort of, I don't know, it's not a Hawaiian shirt, but it's sort of like some sort of oh, yeah. <laughs> tropical. He just kind of chilled out like <laughs> Hawaiian. Yeah, it's almost like a Hawaiian kind of just like, yeah. oh, I'm very relaxed. <laughs> yeah. And he's got some white <laughs> sneakers on and... Uh, okay. Paul makes his way to the bar, and he's like, uh, "Have you seen? Uh, was he in? Oh, and he goes up to the bar owner's little weird uh, upstairs room or whatever. Yeah, where he's got a monkey, <laughs> as people okay. do. I ask people do. He's just got a monkey hanging out up there, and he's like, "Oh, did you see him in here last night?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, he's in here, yeah, walking around, blah blah blah, blah." blah. <laughs> saw him in here oh and all your other mates and i'm like but we see that all of them had been together so where did paul go they were all hanging out at some movie they went, like they went to the movies or something and then the guy has the tapes and 
and then the guy, the they were all singing like, "Oh, give my regards to Broad Street." <laughs> yes. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and then that that triggers Paul's memory, and he's like, "Oh no!" After several more pointless scenes, driving meandering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so. Oh, plus the I I forgot to mention the bar owner insults him. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. He's got he's got uh, Paul's like, "Well, I've got to be off." And he's like, you've been off for years, (laughs) Paul McCartney. (laughs) They laugh that off. So very weird. Side note here, Hillary is asleep by this point. Oh, oh. she's she's going to take it anymore. She's out on this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so more driving around, more Linda, more, you know, that kind of stuff. That's why you have to watch it on YouTube, because it keeps cutting. You get a commercial every 15 minutes when the next segment comes in, so it wakes you up. (laughs) You you... (laughs) You can go fresh yourself up. Yes, yes. (laughs) And so, yeah, so then Paul triggers the memory. He goes off to the Broad Street. He pulls up to the Broad Street train station. Apparently completely abandoned at this time of night. Yeah, dark, nobody around. <laughs> he feels free to just like not even lock his car. No, just, just, gets out. Yeah. just gets out. And then he, he looks around and he goes and he uh, and then he uh, sits on a park bench. And he looks over and there's there's the tapes. There's just the ta- right there. Yep. And then Which whatever. At this point, I think he would grab the tapes and be like, "Yay, we got the tapes!" and then go. But instead, he's like, "Oh, oh, do I hear something?" And we should say, by the way, not only that, but the the clock in the boardroom has been inching ever closer towards midnight, and so now we're at about three minutes to midnight or so. And meanwhile, yeah, like you say, Paul has no urgency to yeah. rush oh, and go yeah. get he's the tapes. So relax. He's like, let me sit down. Let, let really take this in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's walking. Yeah. And before he even gets to the, the broad street station, he's just kind of like walking through the station and kind of like just taking yeah, checking it, it out. Yeah. We're, we're getting no more lonely nights at this point, I believe. Musically. Yes, that's in right. The background. So the regular version of no more lonely nights. So mm-hmm. we know we're, we're getting somewhere here because that's the big hit. Yeah. From the, from the thing. Good song. I like the yeah. song. As oh, well yeah. as like this song. Um, so, uh, when he gets to, he sits there, he sees the tapes, he hears a little noise. Oh, it's his friend. Who's been locked for 24 hours, apparently, <laughs> in in the bathroom <laughs> or in any in, in a, the, the train station's like little room or whatever. It's like a storage closet or storage something. Storage closet. Yeah. Oh, thought it was the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, doesn't ask him. Are you sure you didn't go in there to do drugs? Which apparently was, I guess, his history or whatever. Yeah. There's no like, oh, thank God we found you or anything. He's just like, oh, I thought it was the bathroom. And then they're both like, ha, 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 <laughs> and walk away. And we're getting along, like, walk away. And then we're, I think, like, is this movie over, please? No. <laughs> no. They get back in the car. He gets on the old horn. He's blah, blah, blah. Guess what? Got the tapes. Got the tapes. Oh, oh, that's good. He called Linda to tell her yeah. he got the tapes. <laughs> It's super urgent. It's like seconds away from the going to midnight. Instead of calling the guy oh, at the office, hey, hey, cancel, cancel. We yeah. got the tapes. Don't yeah. worry about it. He, he calls, calls Linda. Linda. And then Linda, like, oh, you know what? I'll call. I'll, I'll, I'll let them know. I'll let Ringo know, too. And, yeah. and so. by the way, that we forgot one scene 
the uh, actually the one the one scene I sort of liked was when Paul is there's another dream sequence when he's a busker at the uh, Leicester oh, Square yeah. tube station. He's playing Yesterday, and he's like standing there with a hat, or you know, uh, playing a, a Yesterday like in a weird way, kind of a like a hopped up version. Yeah, that's like yesterday. Oh, thank you. Yep. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'll go oh. Yeah. He, and that's this is another one of these meandering dream sequences. Yeah, like little dream sequences within the dream sequence. Right. It's just so insane. Right. Oh boy. So so. Oh yeah. He's imagining he's a busker, and the tapes are just sitting on the bench. Yeah. It's just so crazy. So yeah. crazy. Yeah. So uh, but uh. How did the bad guys lose in all of this too? Did, like, oh, oh, they've since they've got the tapes, we have no, like, we're just cut out of this deal. Yeah. So they're just like, and they just take. They just, they're bad guys, but they just take it. They're just like, ah, they get up know. and ah, darn it, <laughs> you win they, one, you lose one. <laughs> they just get up and walk out. Yeah, you beat us. Yeah. So and then that that's pretty much it. Oh, up oh, and then guess what? Oh, wake up. Oh, Paul, wake up. We're here, and mm-hmm. it's the raining thing. So it's like, oh, this entire movie was just a dream. Yeah. And it was just a dream. He'd fallen asleep. He's waking up, but somehow he says, oh, I was just daydreaming. <laughs> like, what? No, that's not daydreaming. You were dreaming. And then we we get, as we see Abbey Road, we get uh, the jazzier no more lonely. Ba, 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 <laughs> the the remix no playout version, guys. yeah. So. Which uh, there were no less than one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different versions of this. There was a an LP, CD, forty five, extended EP, special dance edit, special dance mix, and a oh, and a promo version and an extended edit. All of the No More Lonely Nights playout version, which. Wow. Uh, is it has also been described as the most headache-inducing track. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's, and we just got no more lonely nights too. Have In we the good version, no more lonely nights regular version at the beginning, and then this is a a, a playout version. I'm I'm like I'm yeah, good with it. I get it. But I'm like we've just been listening to the same song for the last five minutes of this movie. Yeah, and we go right into more of the same song in a different version. It's crazy. So the movie overall, I, I've never seen a movie with less plot or such non-roles for actors to play. If you signed up to be an actor in this movie, you're like, what am I doing? What's my last name? Yeah. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. We don't, so What's my character? Uh, just, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So how do you explain the the terrible plot and all that? Well, there's there can only be one explanation, Dave. Yeah? That's who wrote this movie, Dave. Who wrote it? Screenplay is written by one James Paul McCartney. Oh, I think we've gotten to the bottom of it. Yes. So is this just, would you describe this whole thing as a just a self-indulgent mess? Just to, like they, they see it here, an exercise in pure ego. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It really yeah. is. I mean, if you're going to, there have been tremendously great, movies with musicians in them and even musicians who can't act that well yeah a perfect a a great uh fantastic fantastic movie is purple rain all right right okay just a wonderful wonderful film excellent film 
it has a lot of stakes. It has a lot of plot. There's a, a weight to it. His mm-hmm. his problems are because of his his parents. You know, there's yeah. there's it's watchable something yeah. to it. Paul's idea here, I think, was like, you know what? I'll make my personal hard day's night that, where it's yeah. silliness and nonsense. Yeah. But for that to happen, there needs to be more fun. There needs to be mm-hmm. more silly zaniness there needs to be more like you know george saying quips and yeah yeah and uh jokes and paul as a screenwriter paul doesn't (laughs) paul's not a comedian no paul Paul doesn't have the jokes to put in it so it (laughs) falls flat it's kind of a falls flat it's very listless yes the whole thing kind of a mixture of the bad elements like uh yeah hard day's night and magical mystery tour sort of put together because you've got the whole surreal dream all these made up scenes like in the eleanor rigby and uh all of the these scenes but they sort of don't have any point to the overall narrative if there is one and it's it yeah. just yeah i don't there's a lot of him like in that in that long dream sequence there's no. It's all to the tune a a a hopped up version of Eleanor Rigby in the background. Yeah, <laughs> with classical stuff and and they're all in these beautiful costumes and everything. But nobody's saying anything. There's no dialogue. No, no. It's just a bunch of Paul like looking. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Linda's about to die off of, off a cliff. Oh dear! Oh, I'm seeing this happen. You know, it's like yeah. senseless. It's really. Uh, <laughs> yeah preposterous yeah it is preposterous but uh, uh i had so much fun taking notes and laughing oh. at it well and even for uh, so usually what would the purpose of this of any movie with a musician in it it's usually to pump your product that your your music that you're working on or to sell the music i don't even think this does well doing that because the new songs in it are sandwiched in the middle of the movie so you've got yeah. No Values, Not Such a Bad Boy, which are good songs, but they're not even, they're like in the middle. And then No More Lonely Nights is in the middle of this really weird scene at the end. And, and, and how did No More Lonely no- Nights, as a song, if you just took the song and the lyrics, and then you built something around that, like, okay, well, Paul paul's single and he's lonely mm. and he meets linda throughout the movie yeah and then she becomes a you know oh oh you know i was i was so sad and now i've got this woman <laughs> and you've got the you side know? plot of ringo and barbara doing their thing too kind of yeah two couples becoming one you know yeah any of that would have been good yeah uh the only song i thought that might have something to do with the movie is not such a bad boy because they keep talking about how and they keep talking about how like apparently his whole organization's been like oh we shouldn't have trusted this guy we hired this guy (laughs) paul forced us to hire this yeah street trash (laughs) and he loses our tapes (laughs) what i do and paul keeps defending him like yeah he's not he's a good guy he is good he's reformed Mm -hmm. quit saying this about him he's a reformed guy he's good guy you know so 
not such a bad boy would fit to that. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But it's not even used that way. It's not even used that way. So no. it's like, ah, yeah, you even had opportunities that you missed there. Yeah. So and br- real, and, real thumbs down on this one. Real bad. I, I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad. Yeah. I, I'm glad I experienced the whole thing because it's like I do like watching kind of bad movies occasionally <laughs> and having a it's good fun. laugh about. I love that podcast. Uh, there's a, a great podcast where. Uh, Paul Shear and um, Jason Manzukis and June Dan and Raphael talk about bad movies. It's called um, How Did This Get Made? Mm. And it's just a fantastic mm. – if you've ever seen – you know, they, they'll they'll review really, really, really bad obscure movies and, and you can watch them and then have a good laugh about them. Maybe you, uh, should, I, re- you should write them and recommend that they do Give My Regards to Broad Street. <laughs> Oh, I think I will. Yes. I think I, I think I will. Uh, it's almost like we did our own episode of That's that. true. <laughs> well, and the movie. So and it, yeah. This was a this was a thumbs way down for oh, terrible. Movies, but uh and it it goes to the point of like we've been talking about before what happened like what was the fallout of this? It was pretty big. It was a big flop. I mean, the Beatles came back after Magical Mystery Tour. That was a flop movie, but then the White Out. I mean, they 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 were able to recover, but this really almost put Paul in a in a real deep hole uh, that took him a long time to get out of. Well, for one thing, like you said, they spent so much time on it, and couldn't that time have been better used? Yeah. To like make make good new music, right? He had just had an album which didn't do all that well out and then followed sort of a flop album with a terrible flop movie. <laughs> the soundtrack did better and is a better soundtrack, but yeah. the soundtrack is sort of like, like we said, three or four new songs and then a bunch of Beatles songs and senseless yeah. remake. ballroom dancing is a remake to choose that song as a remake. is so random. So very, very strange. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, it was like, what what came after this, Dave? Uh, so the next album, well, he did Spies Like Us, the single, oh, yeah. which is not, don't like that not one, great, no. And then the next album was Press to Play in 86, and then yeah. eventually Flowers in the Dirt after that. So yeah, so, so a couple flops to in a row. In, to Flowers in the Dirt and to, that's... That basically, flowers in the dirt and the tour yes. around flowers in the dirt is sort of the comeback. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. So this is part, this is like Exhibit A of the lost eighties period yeah. of McCartney, and uh, at a time when you know I, now, of course, he had some hit singles in the eighties, like "Say Say Say" and you know "Ebony yeah. and Ivory" and you know some number one hits and stuff, but. Those were earlier, and this yeah. this mid mid to late eighties was just not 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 kind. No, it was floundering, <laughs> and it just yeah. looked looked kind of lost. And this movie certainly didn't help uh, because yeah. It, yeah. What's strange is it kind of lines up with I think a lot of pe- a lot of the people who had big careers in the sixties and early seventies that the eighties were not necessarily the best. No, no. <laughs> Time for uh, particularly the mid to late eighties for uh, many, many uh, people just kind of disappeared or came very out of fashion. And Paul certainly 
was so, uh, so out of fashion. Oh, yeah. Because even look at the new that. songs in this. And so this is 84. I mean, I guess they were recorded in late 83, 84. Uh, no Values, uh, Not Such a Bad Boy. Aren't Those are not what you're hearing on the radio. It's not Duran Duran. It's not Michael Jackson. It's not the, yeah. the stuff that you... It was going on at that time yeah. so he seemed he sort of looked old or seemed kind of out of touch at that time yeah. however all the production value was trying to be the it, 80s right which is right. also the wrong way bad to idea the whole thing so yeah um yeah so uh, on a scale anyway, of uh, well, so on a four star uh scale here what are you giving give my regards to broad street for just the music alone that gets it the one star. Otherwise, it would be either zero or half star. Half star. I'll, I'll you give can't it. give it more than one star. No, just because it's so bad. It's so so bad. Yeah, uh, 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 yeah. It's just so in, in, inept as a film. Yes, it's, yes. It's it is the Ebert review is perfect. It's, yeah, it's, it's close as a non movie because it's just like there's no development. There's no. No, I'll I'll agree. I'll give I'll give it one star, uh, f- basically yeah. for the move for the music because uh, it's yeah yeah it's kind of fun to listen to the music and even the remakes are, are you know uh, uh, for no one it's probably the the highlight of the remakes yeah and so for that alone we'll yeah. post a link to the uh, <laughs> album uh, give my regards to Broad Street so you can if you've not heard those new songs or some of the remakes you can check them out and uh we'll also link to maybe the the beginning of the movie if you want to watch all seven or eight parts uh and on youtube you can we'll put the link for that as well if you want to subject yourself to it <laughs> it, it was, all i can say is this was very fun to go i, I hadn't seen it probably since shortly after it came out probably when i was a kid so it yeah, was and I'd great i've never seen it so yeah it's good to good to somehow i got a copy of it and yeah, it's really hard to find, and I think it will continue to be hard to find. It's sort of like Let It Be, the movie. Paul doesn't like it, so yeah, that's why flop. Let It Be, the movie, has never been like, oh, I I gotta get that re-released, right? You know, he's probably embarrassed about this, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and so I don't think we're ever gonna get a release of the movie, no, in, in proper form. Uh, maybe never streaming anywhere, nothing. No, just fade I, out until he's gone, and then people are like, "Well, we got to get this historical account mm-hmm. of this major uh, talent," you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's film, but I could, I cannot Rough. imagine it being re-released. So you, you're regulated to purchasing probably for. I think I I uh, quoted a. 60 cent price uh for the <laughs> a a vhs copy of this on, uh, on amazon nice uh, used a 60 cent you used vhs copy of it somewhere you can probably get <laughs> that might that might be even a little overpriced i think 60 <laughs> 60 cents i'd pay a quarter maybe <laughs> So. Well, this was fun, and we'll uh, pick up another, uh, put them in the movies sometime uh, in the near future. And uh, yeah, there's there uh, we you know we were talking about doing backbeat, you know, and obviously with the the uh, recent passing of uh, 
Oh, Astrid. Um, yeah. Astrid, we might we might do backbeat, but uh, I'd probably like to do something like that that's good or a hard day's night or something that's, Let's do a good one. Yeah. Something that's good after doing <laughs> this and if you remember our very first one, really our second one cuz we did we did talk about help the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's technically we didn't hadn't come up with the term put them in the movies at that point but uh we talked about ringo that oh yeah so very similarly kind of ridiculous yeah so we need a good (laughs) one we need a redeeming movie so uh yeah yeah so well thanks uh, for listening we have been getting some great emails and we uh, try to respond to them all and facebook and all of that uh we'll post all of our links and uh, start saving your money for those uh, flaming pie sets. Uh, it will yeah. we'll end end this on a positive Paul note with a a positive Paul album that we like. And oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give a great review to that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun to talk about. Definitely. Uh, you know, we'll rip into one or two. Used to be used bad. Used to be bad. Yeah, the Steve Miller stuff. Yeah, used, yeah, the Steve Miller song and the uh, maybe maybe one guitar solo in yeah. the in the album <laughs> we'll uh, kind of make fun of, but. Yeah. <laughs> generally a great album so i'm really excited to hear the bonus yeah. tracks and the uh, home home studio versions of uh some of that stuff uh, i think there's one out already i forget what it is but yeah uh, there's a young boy ep that came out with the uh, the young boy the the real song and then a demo and then the b-side of that which i think is sort of a, a nothing song uh and then i think it's called looking for you and then a little bit of the Ubu Jubu. Oh yeah, there's the Ubu Jubu where they talk about young boys. So yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy about that. Yeah. Ubu <laughs> Jubu. <laughs> yes, one of my one of my favorite Paul things ever. Mm-hmm. Jubu. I've got an Ubu Jubu on a on a CD single somewhere. Ah, but I don't. I didn't realize there were so many Ubu Jubus. Mm-hmm. See the whole is, series of Ubu Jubu. We're gonna be excited to see what they come up with <laughs> on this box set. So. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, we will be back with an episode very soon.